What's up, everyone, and welcome to the weekly Q&A. For our first question, Cameron Story asks if Cal Kestis will meet Obi-Wan Kenobi in Star Wars Jedi Survivor. I think we started having those questions back in like June when we were introduced to the idea of the path. And I believe Seer Junda and Eno Cordova, I think their names can both be found carved into the wall of the path. Uh, that little underground network that helps get force sensitive children safe from the empire we do know survivor is going to take place at the same time as the obi-wan kenobi series uh 10 years after the events of revenge of the sith so could we see the path involved in the survivor story could cal meet up with obi-wan kenobi or anything like that Uh, maybe (laughs) <laughs> I do like the idea that Cal told Obi-Wan how to sneak into uh, Fortress Inquisitorius because it's the same same thing, same way. That would have been, that, that'd be, I don't think that timing works out that they met before the Obi-Wan Kenobi series. Mm-hmm. I don't know that that would happen. Like, in my mind, if they met, it would have to be after obi-wan kenobi and after kenobi became like a jedi again instead of uh just being sad in the desert okay well then in that case maybe cal heard about what happened and then he's like come on man i did it first yeah (laughs) hold on you're gonna take credit for this they said that no one ever did it before no one was stupid enough to break into fortress inquisitorius i was stupid enough Mm -hmm. i did it Mm -hmm. yeah i could see him getting upset that someone's taking credit for what he did first. Or at least being like, come on, man, you were being real sloppy about it. <laughs> yeah. Um, and we both broke windows. They haven't fixed the windows. Yeah, they, they like beat for beat, Kenobi just did the same things that Cal did. Mm-hmm. It's not fair. And he's going to take all the glory. Mm-mm. <laughs> not on my watch. Uh, kidding aside, I, I think it's possible, but I don't, I wouldn't be upset if it didn't happen. I think i actively don't want them to meet um i i won't be upset if they do same thing i trust the writers of the story i loved fallen order so whatever they throw at me i'm gonna give it a fair shake at the very least but i like that cal's story is his story and it's set apart so i don't want it to become too ingrained with other stuff that, that seems to be my default mode for just most star wars stories is i like having little pockets where things aren't always connected all the time yeah so it, it would give me vibes of um when luke was in battlefront yeah on pilio I mean, a little bit like everyone was really excited for that but i i felt like that may have taken away from the story a tiny bit i don't know i love that luke scene uh i think that's one of the better parts of the game is getting to be luke and meeting uh del Mico. And how that influenced him and the the trajectory of Inferno Squad. So I do think that that was involved in the game. But to your point, there were kind of those little side missions where you weren't playing as Inferno Squad. And it did seem like we, we could have had more Inferno Squad story instead of having Aiden Versio's uh, flip to the Rebellion be so fast. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I see what you're saying there. But... I think the path has more potential than straight up meeting Obi-Wan Kenobi. That sure. I think could happen. Like, uh, what's his name? Roken? 
Roken. Haja. Haja, that's who I was thinking of. (laughs) Roken, Haja. um... I'm I'm not expecting to see those characters pop up again, but just the idea of the path. And having Seer and Eno Cordova's names written in there, probably a fun Easter egg and nothing more. But Seer seems like she's up to something Mm -hmm. in, in the Survivor trailer. I would be curious to know what Obi-Wan would do with that information, knowing that Cal exists. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, he knows who Cal is. Uh, Cal, as a Padawan, popped up in Brotherhood. But the, the fact so, that he's still alive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, like, I know, I, I hear people say all the time, like, oh, I don't know about all these Jedi that happen to survive <laughs> popping up in stories and stuff. So I don't know if I want Obi-Wan to know that he's still around. Right. I I don't think that Obi-Wan knows. That's just a vibe I get that can always be retconned. <laughs> but yeah, I, I think Path is a more safe bet than straight up Obi-Wan. Framed Citizen wants to know what's something we want to see in Survivor that was not in Fallen Order. I'm kind of struggling to think of an answer because I feel like they addressed a lot of the things that I wanted to see updated in Uh, the survivor trailer so i will say that i hope it has a better map system Mm, i i'm bad at games and using maps so that didn't bother me much oh you were just like i'm bad regardless the map system in fallen order is rough you were there to tell me where to go that's true i was your map you had a great map (laughs) (laughs) turn left at bogano You you had played the game several times by the time I got around to playing it, so that is my strategy. But yes, I, I understand that other people would like to uh, be able to use the map. The, the map was rough, so I'm interested to see if they updated that as well. I feel like there are uh, a couple of quality, and li- quality of life improvements that I noticed in the Survivor trailer, even stuff like which enemy you're targeting is a little more apparent and looks better than just like a little red dot on the screen. So I I, I think they probably went into that knowing we we should tweak this and we'll see what happens. Yeah. Um, I know I've talked about this before. I would love to be able to play as Marin. I don't, we didn't see any of that in the gameplay trailer. So I don't know that that's going to happen, but we didn't see any of Marin at all. So it, it could be, a surprise thing in the game but aside from that since i've talked about that before i would like to be able to use different weapons mm. other than a lightsaber or a blaster maybe like a vibro bow mm. or something like a lightsaber whip or something something crazy that's interesting yeah i was about to say that it seems very very highly 99 percent likely probably even more than that that we're going to be able to use lightsaber and blaster combos, which right. I think is cool. Because those but, were in the pre-order? Yeah, there's like skins for the blaster. Yeah. So I, there's cosmetics for the blaster. You're going to be able to use one. Uh, but you want even even beyond that. And yeah, I hadn't really considered being able to pick up a commando droid's vibro sword or something like that. That'd be fun. Yeah. That, that, that's something that uh, Breath of the Wild, I think, did really or yeah definitely did really well is that you could just pick up any dropped weapon Mm -hmm. i huh 
I don't think that'll be a mechanic in the game. I think they're going to keep it pretty lightsaber and force focused, but that would be interesting. I mean, that kind of goes against the Jedi way, just picking up any old weapon and using it to kill people or animals. That's another thing uh, that I heard when I was listening to Force Center today. I think Joseph or Ken or both of them brought it up, the fact that like you kill a lot of creatures in the first game. And they did show in the gameplay trailer that you get to like work with them a little bit more instead of against them. So he's using them as mounts and, you know, riding, hanging onto the bird's legs and stuff. So maybe we could get around having to kill as many creatures and instead being able to just push them away and get around them. Yeah, I think that was Ken. Uh, He has had that and he calls it a nitpick. And I totally agree with it that it's a little weird for a Jedi to be running around all these planets just killing animals. And I slaughtered them like animals. They are attacking you. It is in self-defense. And I freaking hate those stupid rats uh, that (laughs) are all over Zepho. Uh And... I, I like fully want to exterminate them so that, that they make me go dark side. But yeah. well, I like the <laughs> I forget which planet it's on, but it's like the the bouncy things or there's like plant life that if you stick around it for too long, you'll get hurt. Mm-hmm. But you can kind of like get around it. I would like that mechanic better than oh, here's another creature I have to slaughter. Yeah, that was uh, Kashyyyk. And yeah, it can be done like The Last of Us Part Two. There are dogs in that game that hunt and want to kill you. And I made it through that game without killing a single dog. I was like, I'm not doing it. No, sorry. Next. Uh, except there's one that dies in a cutscene you can't avoid. Boo! But, <laughs> but I didn't do that. I didn't choose that. Um, it, it obviously in the trailer looks like we're going to be fighting some animals still. But what if we fought them until they scurried off? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I certainly think that there is room for fighting animals. Luke fighting the Rancor comes to mind. Like, it's a thing that happens in Star Wars. Same with the Geonosis Arena beasts. But it's a little odd to be on an animal's planet, cutting it in half, and that recharges your force meter. <laughs> like, yeah. again, it's a super nitpick because it's a video game. And there needs to be some give and take, some flexibility. So I'm okay with it. But I do agree that for a Star Wars Jedi game, it's like, oh, that's not super Jedi. I forgive it because I I love the gameplay. I will also say we do see him uh, taking down a lot of droids in the trailer. So maybe there's going to be more of that and less creature killing. I I I think they are addressing that criticism. Because Ken and I weren't the only ones to say that. And I've barely said it. Ken has said it a lot. But I do think that they were trying to find ways to introduce enemies that weren't alive. And then you get into the debate of like, well, droids can be too. They have some sentience. and But still, I, I think that they are trying to find a better balance uh, for this Jedi game. And I also think using the mounts and having animal allies makes a lot of sense. So I think that that's another thing that they're updating for Survivor. Weathered Ed 92 and Ice Phoenix 2 both ask which 2023 stories we're most excited to see. I feel like we get this question a lot, <laughs> and I feel like we've even answered it kind of recently. 
But then we got some trailer drops and why not some address leaks. it again? Yeah. We're we're coming up on the end of the year. It's a good time to get to answer this question. I bet we're gonna get it again next week. Uh, whether or not we take it is a different story. But I do think that the Survivor trailer, just to keep talking about Survivor, can you tell what I'm excited about? Um, I, I do think Survivor is my most anticipated story. Um, yes, I'm excited for Survivor too. Not nearly as much as you are. Uh, and I didn't go out looking for the leaked Acolyte pictures, and I won't go into details because I know a lot of people still don't want to hear about them, but seeing those pictures got me even more hyped for the Acolyte. Well, that's 2024, as far as we know. Don't tell me that. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, well, I figured I'd bring it up anyways. Okay. I mean, yeah, they they were cool. Um, I'm like so overwhelmed with everything that is coming in 2023 that I can't remember at all. <laughs> Bad Batch, Survivor, Mando, Ahsoka, Skeleton Crew. Those would be the big releases. Um End of phase two of the High Republic. Probably the beginning of phase three for High Republic. I mean, Mando, obviously, because we're getting more Grogu, uh, is probably at the top of my list. Skeleton Crew might be a close second, because that one sounds really intriguing and new and different. Yeah, I am. Just, it's kind of like the Acolyte, not knowing really much about it. I feel like you bringing up the acolyte stuff i feel like we know more about the acolyte than we know about skeleton crew yeah and skeleton crew comes out this year we just know jude laws in it mm -hmm. and it's uh stranger things in space or whatever and that does excite me i think that'll fit well into star wars but i do think i think mando was like my most anticipated before the survivor trailer dropped and then the survivor trailer dropped and i was like i i feel like i just kept pushing the Fallen Order sequel to the back of my mind. Like, I know it's coming, but I, I want to be patient. I don't want to get too hyped. And now I can't ignore it anymore. <laughs> and I'm I'm very hyped. I feel like people are going to hate us for not talking about Ahsoka. I'm excited for that too. But Ahsoka is farther down the line. Mm -hmm. That's There is definitely a recency bias with me. I mean, I'm excited to go back to the Bad Batch as well. Just experience all those different flavors of star wars mm -hmm. um but yeah we, we've spent it feels like two years away from the mandalorian book of boba fett you know had a little bit in there but i'm really psyched to get back to mando but it, it's been three years since i got to hang out with cal Kestis and friends so I think that's what I'm most hyped for. Scorpionella wants to know how serious losing a limb actually was in Star Wars. Yeah, it doesn't seem like a huge deal. People lose hands, arms, legs, whatever, and then the next time you see him, it's like, ah, robot replacement. Sure. I mean, it depends on how you lose it. Lightsaber sounds like it's going to cauterize the wound unless you're an Aqualish. <laughs> Oh, you nerd. Because <laughs> their blood is different. Uh, but if it's like crushed by something, then that's going to be a lot worse than losing it by a lightsaber. Well, I definitely don't think anyone is going into any uh, situation where they're like hoping to lose an arm. No one wants to lose an arm in Star Wars. No. It, Luke screams when, it, when he loses his hand. So it's painful. No one wants it to happen, but then it's like, 
Yeah, even the Rebel Alliance, who is supposed to be like running on fumes and have they have limited resources, it's like robot hand, you're fine. Yeah. So I, I do think it also depends on where you are in the galaxy. I'm sure it's far better, quote unquote, to lose a hand on Coruscant uh, than it would be to lose one on Tatooine. Because then yeah. you just get dragged to the mod shop and <laughs> like, uh, I forget the name of the, the main mod, but he's just going to do whatever he wants to you. <laughs> or indoor where the Ewoks try to take care of it. <laughs> uh, yeah, they, they eat your hand first. <laughs> and then they're and then like, they, do you really want us to try to get you a new hand or you want us to just keep eating you? They just stick like a twig on the end of your arm. Like, Ew. yep, nub, fixed it. <laughs> yep, nub. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> yeah. Well, something I think about too sometimes when, because the whole losing of a limb thing comes up so much in Star Wars, do you think technology is going to get better to where Bacta can regrow actual limbs or mm. are they going to keep going with the robot limbs? That's interesting. Or I'm trying least... to think if we've ever experienced that like trandoshans can regrow limbs yeah so maybe they could find a way to like use trandoshan dna combined with bacta huh yeah i I think there's a possibility that could happen the dirge species right they're they're really good at regenerating so i i feel like eventually the technology for limb replacement in star wars has to get a little bit better at least like maybe they could grow something that's really close to the real thing in Bacta yeah I'm gonna guess that that won't happen just because Star Wars technology tends to not really progress like hyperspace technology has been largely the same for however long and I feel like you know the robot limbs and cyborgs have become so much a part of Star Wars Mm. but it I also wouldn't say, oh, that'll never happen. It could be like something that only a select few can get the regrow your limb back to. Tyler Shepard asks if we're going to get tired of returning to Coruscant like some fans have with Tatooine. No way. (laughs) There's way too much to explore on Coruscant. Tatooine is like sand. It's the same everywhere, yeah. (laughs) And more sand. But the um, the Tusken Raiders have made Tatooine cool again, I feel like. Right. Well, that's what I was going to bring up, is that even Tatooine, a planet that we have seen so, so many times, can be presented in a new way. And as long as you're doing that, as long as you're telling us more about the planet, then I think it's okay to go back. I mean, I'm going to make my jokes about like, oh, Tatooine again. Oh, another desert planet. Um, but Ferrix is a desert planet, technically. And that was great. Uh, you can you can always find a new way to do things. So Coruscant, A, we haven't been back there in a while, so it's really exciting to see it in live action in Andor. We're going to see it again in The Bad Batch and I think in Survivor as well. Mm-hmm. None of that worries me. And like you said, there, there are so many levels to it. There are different ways to explore Coruscant. Uh, there are probably very many different ways to explore just like level 1313. So yeah. You know, obviously, if they go back to the Coruscant well again and again and again for every story for years, yeah, we're going to be ready to go somewhere else. But I don't think they're going to do that. 
Yeah, I, I don't think it's it's something that fans will get tired of for a long, long time. On to YouTube questions, Michael Raymond wants to know if Gungi's appearance in the Bad Batch could be involved with the path. Another path one. So now we're going back to ah, closer to like a year after Revenge of the Sith. Um, I think it's just been a matter of months after the end of the Bad Batch season one. So we don't know exactly where in the timeline, but yeah, I could kind of see that. I, I could see that being even more likely than uh, it happening in Survivor. Mm. This this would be interesting if, if Gungi and the other lost younglings uh, were like the founders of the path. Mm. Yeah. I like that idea. I dig that. I like that a lot. I was kind of thinking they could be like the first people to go through the path, but no, I like that that we kind of talked, I think, last week about the idea that maybe the Bad Batch's mission is to get Gungi back to the other younglings, like they'd mm -hmm. been separated. And yeah, what if they're like, hey, we can help more people like us. Yeah. And because, that's the, the start of the path. I mean, that's kind of what the Bad Batch is going to be doing. Or it sounds like, you know, there's that line that Echo has that they want to start helping more clones. So it would be an interesting way to kind of tie it in to being similar goals for everyone, if that were the case. Yeah, but the way that the Mandalorian introduced Finnick Shand and then she appeared in the Bad Batch, I could see this very much being something that was introduced in live action and they knew it was coming because the Obi-Wan Kenobi series was in development for so long. So the Bad Batch would have had time to be like, hey, let's include that and let's show its origins. So I can see that happening. Benjamin GL asks if the Bad Batch could figure out if Anakin was Darth Vader if they ran into him. I think that's interesting, especially with tech. Okay, so first of all, they've all worked with Anakin in the Clone Wars, especially mm -hmm. Echo. But yeah. then you have uh, these clones with specialized skills. Um, they point out Hunter and his extrasensory abilities, but also tech is like the smartest clone ever. So do you think that if they saw Darth Vader, they'd be like, hey, wait a minute. I I don't see why they would assume that that was him. Not assume, but would they be able to Figure discover clues? I don't know. I mean, even tech being super smart, like if he used some kind of vocal recognition, <laughs> would he be able to get past the whole mask voice changing thing? I doubt it. And the fact that he's British now? <laughs> uh, and points a lot yeah. that throw him off. Anakin never used to point that much, did he? Uh, <laughs> it was more of a Han Solo thing. Yeah. So no, I don't. I don't know if they're gonna run into Vader. Wouldn't really surprise me. Um, but I don't think they're going to be able to make that connection. No, unless he, he said something like really familiar, which I don't see him doing as Vader. Would be interesting to see him uh, with Echo again. I don't think we ever saw Vader getting to interact with like Rex or one of his clones mm -hmm. that he worked so closely with. So there's definitely something interesting in the idea of them uh, reuniting. But I, I just don't see the Bad Batch being able to figure it out. More because I'd be afraid that that would like seal their fate. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like they would have to die. Yeah. 
I mean, they could have known. Is it is it possible for someone in the five hundred first to just know who that is and then be <laughs> accidentally let it let it slip? <laughs> I doubt it. Maybe one of the Coruscant guard could know because two of, two of the clones were there mm-hmm. uh, when Palpatine picked him up, but I don't think that's a secret. Vader wants out. We see in the Darth Vader comics that Joe Costa knew uh, tells some clones and then he kills those clones. Yeah. So I don't think there's a clone running around that's like, oh yeah, Vader, that's Anakin. <laughs> Plus, if someone were to find out, I'm sure the the idea of like brainwashing or brain wiping could just, <laughs> yeah, they, they got brainwashed and they forgot. Maybe, yeah, just rip that memory out of their head with the force. I don't know if that's possible, but yeah, the First Order does brain scraping, Ugh. which sounds terrible. The Sharper Coder blog wants to know why 3PO always speaks to R2 in basic. I thought that was pretty funny. It's a, that's a good point. Well, R2 the audience should... wouldn't know what they were talking about if he didn't. Yeah, I mean, that's the real answer <laughs> <laughs> that, that we need to understand their dialogue. Uh, and they never give R2 subtitles. And I think that was a specific like mandate from way back in A New Hope, is that this conversation would be one-sided and the audience would never get to actually hear what R2 has to say. So 3PO has to speak basic or get subtitles. Um, but then back then, studio executives were already worried that the movie started with a bunch of reading. <laughs> and George <laughs> Too Lucas many was, words. Yeah, George Lucas was like, the parents will read it to the kids. It's fine. So that's the real reason. But come on, 3PO. Like, f- flex a little bit. <laughs> You you know six million languages and you speak in basic ninety nine percent of the time, and he doesn't know the other languages that well. We we know that from Return of the Jedi, he can barely understand the Ewoks. Well, that's a primitive dialect. <laughs> I'm now I'm defending. <laughs> he says it's a primitive dialect, and he thinks that this is what they're saying. He is now deciphering a language he's never heard before. Mm. He's figuring it out on the fly. Sure. So. <laughs> Sure, 3PO. I've never, like, jumped in to defend 3PO <laughs> so hard. <laughs> well, so when we first meet 3PO, he says his job is human-cyborg relations, mm-hmm. correct? Right. So he is the human side. I mean, he's a cyborg, but, like, maybe he thinks his job is to speak how most humans speak, which is basic. Sure. And he is humanoid in design, so it makes sense that that would just be like the default mode of his programming. Mm-hmm. But I, I also like the idea that maybe he does every once in a while uh, try to talk to R2 in some fancy dialect, and R2 is like, stop it. Stop showing off. <laughs> like, I'm not la 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 la. I'm not yeah. listening to you. Yeah. And maybe only R2 will respond to to him if he speaks to him in basic because of that reason <laughs> yeah <laughs> like stop being snotty to me i don't want to hear you speak all these other languages you're annoying enough when you speak basic so just keep it that way you're more annoying when you're speaking hatties to me only that's the only time he will say ichuta <laughs> dan the jedi 22 asks how yoda naming the clone wars caught on across the galaxy so we hear yoda at the end of attack of the clones say begun the clone war has and then everyone starts to call it the Clone War, the Clone Wars, or whatever. So did Yoda coin that phrase? Or I think it's more likely that, I mean, it's not 
it's not the most imaginative name. No, it really so. isn't. I mean, the Gorman Massacre, that is <laughs> that is great uh, naming. But it's also not that imaginative because it's just what happens. A bunch of Gormans get massacred. It just sounds better. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I like to imagine that uh, at the end of episode two, we there's like a deleted scene where it's just people whispering to each other across the, the galaxy. Did you hear? The Clone Wars started. Did you hear? The Clone Wars started. But is that spreading from Yoda or did someone else come up with it? I mean, I think anyone could have been responsible for calling it that. That's, yeah, agreed. It's not like he thought up some really uh, obscure sounding name for this war, like the Galactic Civil War, which it kind of was, but that was already taken in, in the lore. So it's just the Clone Wars. And I, I do like the idea that Yoda said it first and then kind of like we were talking about with Cal getting mad at Kenobi for stealing his thunder. Mm -hmm. Other people started to call it that. And he's like, mm. <laughs> mm. I, I said it like, first, did I? I feel like, too, Yoda, of all people, would have, you'd think he would have called it like War of the Clones. Right. <laughs> this is the one time he's like, it's not going to catch on unless I say it right. But yeah. I don't really give him the credit for it. We heard it from his lips for the first time chronologically, but I don't know. If you if you really want to claim the name Yoda, make it something more interesting. Like put a little effort into it. Yeah. I I also wonder if like other people in other planets and stuff that aren't as tuned in or if they hear that and they're like, "So wait, are the clones at war with each other? Is it who are they at war with?" What's go? There's clones. Well, it, that, it's the first <laughs> example of what uh, Force Center always calls tip of the iceberg storytelling. Where in A New Hope, Obi Wan just says, "Yeah, I fought in the Clone Wars," and you're like, "What is that?" And it just mm -hmm. it's, it does. I say it's not an imaginative name for what it was, but it does spark the imagination when you hear it in the audience, and you're like, "All those questions you just said. What were the clones fighting each other? Were they the good guys or the bad guys?" and it's really interesting to look back through before the prequels happened and what authors, Star Wars authors like Timothy Zahn, what they wrote about, what they thought the Clone Wars were, because they didn't know. Mm -hmm. And I don't know how many history classes Luke is taking on Tatooine on the farm. That's true. I mean, he knew what the Clone Wars were, but again, he could probably connect those dots pretty easily. That's all the time we have for questions today. If you want to leave a question for next week's video, just put it in the comments below or sign up for Patreon to join our weekly Q&A discussion. If you haven't already, please like this video, subscribe to the channel, follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok. And as always, thanks for watching, and may the Force be with you.